something for you I only figured out that um, we call it Palm Sunday last night I was enlightened by my wife that this is the day that Jesus triumphantly came in humble on a donkey and we were crying and we were singing Hosanna salvation liberty victory so the Lord was just telling me to release a message of victory over my people he said remind them of what I came here for remind them what I've done for them remind them why we celebrate these days remind them who I am so we're just gonna worship a little bit more and I want to read this for you Isaiah 61 verse 3 to point unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning some of us been mourning he wants to give us the oil of joy, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, the garments of praise. There's a famous man of God, Derek Prince, who's known for his ministry of deliverance. And this was the word that gave him his deliverance. He could never overcome it until one day God gave him a revelation on worship, the garments of praise. He inhabits the praises of his people. And I just felt that there was such a strong presence as we were worshiping. It would be a waste to let it go that God wants to remind us right now that it's in, it's, it's, in our, it's in our worship that He comes. It's when we lift up His name that His glory comes down. When we sing to Him, He's worthy of it all. He's worthy of it all. He's done it all. He's done it all. So I just think right now, before I preach some of the things I want to preach, let's just worship Him. Let's just sing, He's worthy of it all, one more time. If we can just sing that one more time. Yes, He is. Yes. If there's a spirit of heaviness, if there's a spirit of heaviness, let's worship Him. Nothing special. Yes, Lord.
Don't just sing it, believe it. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name continually thanking him continually worshiping him, praising his name no matter the situation no matter the process we're going through no matter what what's happened in our lives we never surrender we never give up we continue praising his name continue lifting up his name continue lifting up his name for some of us it is a sacrifice to sing because we just sit there because our hearts are so bitter that all we need to do is just worship him lift up our hands and give him the glory and cast our burdens upon the water and put on the garment of praise there's a spirit of heaviness that needs to be lifted off it doesn't come from some special hand it doesn't come from a man of god you need to have that revelation in your heart you need to lift up his name and put on the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness you can fast and you can pray and you can do all these things but if you don't know how to worship his name if you don't know how to lift him up how can you obtain your victory yes Shakaba Sokorowo, we worship you, Lord. Yes, Lord.
praise you, Jesus, we lift you up. Yes, we praise your holy name. We praise your holy name. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you're lightening the load, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the oil of joy, the spirit of praise, that you inhabit in the praises of your people, that you're seated on the tablets of our hearts, that your kingdom is within us. And you reign in your very being and your nature is operating through us, Lord. That your name be, becomes glorified through our service, through our worship, through our sacrifice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you continually, Lord. When we struggle to be thankful, help us. Help us open our eyes. Remove the scales from our eyes, Lord. Remove those words. May your word have entrance into us. May your word have entrance into us. May there be entrance, Lord. May there be entrance, Lord. Let us see. Remove the bitterness. Remove those foul words, those lying tongues from our ears. We receive your word. Who shall believe and who shall receive the report of the Lord? We receive many reports, but which report will you receive? Which one will you take? Which one will you take for yourself? Take your portion. Receive your portion in Him. Thank you, Jesus. Just start to thank Him now in your hearts. Start to just thank Him for everything He's done. Personal things, breakthroughs, healings, healings. The Lord healed one of our precious members this week. A divine healing where the bone fell out of her foot that was been troubling her. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. That you're still Jehovah Rapha. You haven't changed. No matter what they try and preach, no matter how they try and explain away your power, Lord. We thank you that we, we might not be seeing it in its fullness, Lord. But we still see in your hand and your touch over our lives. So we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for making us thankful. Thank you that we have a bed to sleep on, Lord. A home to go to. A bowl of food every morning, afternoon. Some people don't get to eat. Some people suffer for the gospel. Some people go hungry for you, Lord. And we eat every day and we can't even find it in our hearts to be thankful, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Kim. Thank you so much. And Father God, I just thank you that you reveal some keys to us today. You bring some deliverance. For today is a day of deliverance, of praise and worship, of joy. Today is the day that we say we have been saved. 
Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of Psalms 118. We receive it. That the gates of righteousness shall be opened up unto us. And that we can boldly walk in. So Father God, I thank you that you also remove condemnation. That you remove that. Remove it from our minds. Let us know that we can boldly enter in, Lord. Let this be a week of victory, Father God. Let this week be a week of victory. Where there's been ashes in our lives. Let there be a resurrection of those things that have been destroyed in our lives. That have been stolen by the enemy. We claim back our horse. We claim back that baby that the enemy stole in the middle of the night. We came, claim back that gift you gave us. Too long have the sons of God been running behind the horses in the dust and the servants are riding their horses. We take back our horse. We take back our instrument of battle. We refuse to sit on the stands and become spectators. We are in it together. We are in the fight and we are in the race. And we are going to run it and we are going to hold fast to our profession. And we are going to receive our breakthrough. We trust you, Lord. We believe in you, Lord. We believe in what you did for us 2,000 years ago. We believe in your blood that it speaks better things. So any coven of witches or any enemy that's pouring out blood against us, we know we have a blood that speaks better things. A power that stands for us that is above every other power. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yeah. We speak in tongues because it's powerful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we thank you that you anoint your word, Lord. That no foul spirit or any enemy of your word come in here and exalt itself above your name. We thank you that your name be glorified, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Amen. You guys can take a seat. I'd just like to honor the man of the house, Pastor David. He's not with us today. I honor him and Shirley, they've looked after me and so many of you people have looked after me and I love this house so much. You're my precious brothers and sisters. Um, I'd just like to thank Kim. She drives about five hours, I think it's in Pennsylvania where she comes from. She comes all this way to bless us and lift up the wonderful name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. Precious friend of ours. And um, I just also want to take this time to honor the people that work behind with the sound. Alicia, thank you, Ezra, for doing the words. Thomas, for the camera. And, and Keith, and Joe Harder, and Marla, and Monica, who work here during the week and keep everything maintained. Thank you to them. There's so many people in this ministry that are a blessing and that are furthering the kingdom. And um, I really appreciate them so much. I appreciate Rocky and Jill, powerful people, evangelists, missionaries. Thank you for standing by me in the absence of Pastor David. And I also want to honor Labrada and Jerry who look after the children. Amen. Aren't children important? It's one of the most important things 
is the children. The children. I'm so blessed that I had a good childhood. You know, sometimes I hear my friends and I say, I really can't complain. I just, I had a good childhood. You know, my family suffered, went through things, but we knew Jesus. I had a good childhood. I had a good childhood. So we thank you, Lord, that you're going to be touching children's lives through Jerry and Labrada. So, yeah. Um, I just wanted to read some scripture and then... I think we just need to activate. I know in America we call it activation, so I'll use that term. <laughs> in Africa we say, give the people a chance to respond to the word. That's how we, we, we term it. So I'm going to preach some word, and then whatever we're going through, financial, healing, um, family problems, you know, stagnation in the spirits, relationship with the Lord, guidance, whatever we're struggling, we believe that we're going to get victory today. To, so we know when they were singing Hosanna, they were basically saying deliverance, liberty, victory. So we receive that in the Spirit, and we, we're just going to prophetically take hold of that, because it's our portion. Amen? So um, let's go for it. We already got past one. We just did it in worship. Um, I read Isaiah 61 verse 3. Um, Psalms 22 verse 3. You know, I had a, a meeting. Me and Joseph Falker went to um, Anne Roundtree the other day. And I had a very special time. I, I just thought I was just going to like greet her. But she actually sat down and started to talk to us. And just, it was a very um, prophetic spiritual encounter. Because she started to talk about some things. And um, one of the things I noticed about her is she really values the coming together of the saints and the prayer of the saints and when people worship together. And it was just touching my heart. And then I was thinking about that this morning. It's like the more the spirit and garments of praise be begin to come upon us, we can receive deliverance when we walk in just in worship. There's been a few times in my life where I've like taken friends to church and they just start breaking down and God starts delivering them. And then I asked the one guy, I asked him, what is it? What happened to you? Because I'm interested. If people have encounters and they've changed, I want to know what they felt. Amen? And he said, I've never seen people love God like that. The Lord loves it when we worship Him. And we don't understand that it's a message. Sometimes we can put this wonderful message together and it's all true. But nothing preaches louder sometimes than when the body of Christ is actually, actually doing the things that we read about. That when we tap into worship, we don't just get tired after two songs. Even if we have to sing a song for 20 minutes, same song. We tap in. Especially when that anointing is there and when there's a spirit of one accord. Because the Holy Spirit moves amongst us individually, but He also does corporately. And the corporate thing is what will usher in the revival. Amen? Amen? So some of us, it's not the problem within us, it's the problem around us. That we're struggling to bring an atmosphere. An atmosphere for deliverance. So when Jesus came out of the desert, great fame of Him went about, but it said also that... The, the, the healing presence of the Lord was there. So we know that sometimes the Lord is always here, but then there's an absence of His power in our lives. 
And God's just been really ministering to me about worship. And, and then Haley was talking to me about a, a case where this one sound man was doing some work and then there was just a purity that came into that, that night where they were worshiping, where people were getting up and, and just singing their songs and worshiping the Lord, that he said he started to feel things changing inside of him just through the worship sessions. And I felt that also once where a man of God who had great encounters, I walked into his church and it's almost like something hit me as soon as I went in there. But it was the worship of the people. It's just like I felt like this is powerful. And God's bringing that to this house. A radical worship. Amen. And um, uh, the reason why there was ministering to so much is because there was a time in my life I wasn't very repentant. I knew I was a sinner. I grew up in a Christian home. I knew what was right or wrong. I had an inclination that I was probably full of a few devils. But after, after a, a, a party, it's probably the only time I've experienced something similar where like, this must be what they talk about, alcohol poison. I thought I was going to die. And um, my one friend said to me, hey, it's Sunday. We should go to church today. So we grew up together and we both were believers. We were just gone astray. And I really, still to this day, I don't think he knows how much that decision he made and how he tried to convince me to go to church. So I thought, okay, I'll go. But I'm the type of person I think if I'm going to go to church and they're going to worship, I'm not going to waste my time and God's time. So if I'm going to come to church, I better worship him. And the funny thing is, it's like I even knew when I went to that it was a very like commercial type church. And then I even noticed that some of the worship leaders were people that used to go to metal festivals where I was and party. So I didn't let that think, oh, this is false or what have you. And you know, I just thought, okay, I know who these guys are. I know what they do. <laughs> so I took off my hat with all my Jimi Hendrix and ACDC stuff and I put it down and I started to worship God. Because I thought, well, I'm here now. Why must I waste my time and just come here and be bitter? Like you see some people, they come to church and they just sit there like, why am I here? Yeah, you, you, you should ask yourself that question. You're wasting your time. You should just go home if you're not going to worship the Lord or listen to what is going to be said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thought I'm not going to waste my time. And um, one of the things that I, maybe I'll just talk about it now, is I had an encounter with God. The Holy Ghost came over me. I started to feel a shiver and a shake and the tongue started to flow out of me. Nobody ever prayed for me to pray in tongues. I, I knew what tongues were. I knew it when I was a kid. Like when I was in Sunday school and people said, who needs the gift of praying in tongues? I knew I can do that. I just don't want to. Yeah, I had it in me. I was just rebellious. And I started praying in tongues and I had an encounter. And one of the things I want to say is, you know, you hear about a lot of encounters, but then you don't see a lot of change in the people. You don't see a lot of change in the people. And the same man of God where I worked into his ministry before I got to know him well, and there was worship like an power. I got to know him and I started to ask him some things. And he said he was really struggling to fast. I'm just cutting the story short. He was struggling to fast and spend time with the Lord. And he knew he needed to do this. And eventually got better one day, two days, three days. And some of the leadership with his church, they were getting better at fasting, like real, like in Africa, we call it dry fast, three days, no water, no food, no nothing. Like if you, if you do 40 day fast, we try and do it the way Jesus did it. Not with supplements, we try and push. I haven't done that. I don't, I don't know if I can do that yet, but I want to exercise that thing to do true fasts. And he was trying to do that. And he said one day on like about the fourth day, 
He said, a man appeared to me. Appeared. You know, some people just talk about it like it's some cheap thing. That Jesus just appears like he's some homeboy in the streets. And says, my son. He said, I trembled. He said, I felt a fear. Have you ever heard of William Branham's testimony of when God came into his cabin? He said, I was scared. He said, a light came into the room and a man materialized in front of me. He said, how could I not be scared? It sounded like something biblical. Like when Joshua saw that soldier there, he thought, is this guy for me or against me? What's going on here? You know? God wants to give us real encounters. So we get encounters of different levels. So what I'm trying to say is we need to tap into account in an encounter with the Lord that will change us. That will change our hearts. One side, God, that church didn't want to let me back in because they didn't know what was wrong with me. <laughs> they, they didn't know what to do, you know. So I understood I didn't judge them. I don't go around saying, oh, I got kicked out of church. I know what was going on. They didn't understand the things of the Spirit. Simple as that. So they wouldn't allow me back in and they, they took me out. Amen? So God wants to give us an encounter that's going to change our conduct, that's going to change our character from the head to the heart. That when Jesus appears in front of him, you feel his power. You know that you've had an encounter with the living God. A. A. Allen sat in his, in his closet. He locked himself. This is another question I want to ask you. How hungry are you? How hungry are you for the Lord's hand of deliverance to come upon you? Hannah sat and wept and cried so and bitterly. Bitterly. That even the man of God said, hey, are you drunk? Don't come drink here. Yeah? You understand? There needs to be a tapping in. Uh, Daniel was fasting and praying for 21 days. I think um, uh, Ted was um, talking about fervent prayer. Not giving up with Rufi's case. It's not just some cheap, oh, be healed. Blah. No, we hold on to our profession and we continue trying to work that system and bring it into to materialize the healing in our body. Not that it's just a confession and, oh, I'm healed in Christ, but that that confession produces the manifestation of the healing in our body. Amen. So we need to tap into the, that Daniel the, said, the spirit of Persia hindered me. There's something hindering the answer to your prayer, and you just think God doesn't answer you, but you're actually in a battle. Whatever it may be, ancestral, father stuff, sins of the past, whatever it may be, we're battling things. Amen? Does it make sense? So sometimes it doesn't just come by some, you need to tap into something. And one thing I've noticed about people that have had true encounters with the Lord is they tapped into something and they changed. And then the man of God was telling me that when this man came to me, then the man that came to me, I know he was just being humble, he was probably saying Jesus came to him. And started telling him, this is what I want you to do. The same thing he did with William Branham. You remember how the, the, the angel, the man that appeared to William Branham told him, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to behave on the pulpit. And then when I come in, then you can start to prophesy and heal the people. So there was a guidance. There was a mandate. God wants to give us a mandate. If you haven't been given a mandate yet, get into the closets. Yeah. A. A. Allen, like, have you, there's a very powerful book. I used to always advertise it in his old revivals. It's called The Price of God's Miracle Healing Power. The price of the power of God. And talks about all these things. You know, we just cheapen these things. Like, oh, and then, and then when we're ignorant in the Lord, 
we feel like, oh, the things they talk about in the church don't really materialize. But we haven't actually gone into the deeper things and found out why we're not seeing the manifestation of these things. Amen. There's a depth that God wants to take you. The Bible talks about treasures. Treasure is something where you put on your eye patch and you go looking for it. You don't just find it. You know, when you're playing pirates or something when you're a kid, you know the treasure, you need to go find that thing. It's not out in the open. Does it make sense? So God has treasures for us, stored up for us, that we can see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Not in the sweet by and by. The kingdom of God is inside of you. Was another thing the Lord was telling me about is the kingdom of God. We talk about the kingdom. Oh, kingdom, brother, kingdom. A kingdom is a king's dominion. So you've got to be, uh, you've got to be living according to the will of the Father and under subjection to that kingdom. And the problem we have a lot of the time is we, oh, yeah, we submitted or we're obedient out of necessity rather than love. Amen. So even, we could, just like Alan used to say, we can sing a lie just as well as we can tell a lie. That's why I say, let your heart align with the words of your mouth. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. So if there's something that's acceptable to the Lord, there's also something that's unacceptable. Or am I lying? So also when you hear that the Lord was offended, what's an offense? What is sin? Sin is an offense against God. Amen? So God wants us to tap into that encounter. He wants us to have an encounter. I think it's the main thing the Lord wants me to praise today. He wants to have an he, You, most of all, want to have an encounter with Him, I feel. I feel. I've had two really powerful encounters that really changed me. The one actually happened here in Moravian Falls. Tell everybody about it. And I was fasting on the third day. Um, there was just like this dream I saw. And then I ran to like the bathrooms, which is a spiritual cleansing. We know. So, because I was like, it wasn't like I was a fear of something that wanted to hurt me. I was ashamed of what was coming. Because what was coming had like, and I didn't see anything. But then suddenly I realized I was stuck in my bed and there was a muddy rushing wind. It sounded like an F-22 fighter pilot jet was right above me. It's like, it was powerful. And then like there was a light. I couldn't open my eyes. I couldn't open my eyes. And then suddenly it broke and left. So it went. And then suddenly the alarm went off on my iPad. Exactly like 4.20. And I don't have an alarm on my iPad. And in my spirit, I thought, let me come down to the sanctuary. I remember I sat right there on that step. And then I saw a little film of deliverance, where people were receiving deliverance. And then it started talking about the Billy Sundays, and, and it was saying, God's looking for more people like them. And I just started to weep. And I can tell you, like, after that encounter, I became a softer person. I wasn't as hard as I was. God softened my heart because I had an encounter what type of an encounter, I can't really explain. But an angelic force came over me while I was in my room and changed me. Changed me. When I went to that church and I decided not to play with the things of God, I thought, my life is not in order, but He is worthy. We sing it today. He is worthy. So it doesn't matter if I'm not worthy of it all. I will worship Him. Because if I don't, the rocks will cry out. You understand? So at least I understood those things. I wasn't going to play. I was going to tap into that thing. I thought, okay, I'll worship. And, and a God brought an encounter. Amen. Um, so worship, 
Then to sacrifice. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise continue. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. I read that already. Romans 12, verse 1. Oh, that scripture was Hebrews 13, verse 15, by the way, if you want reference. Romans 12, verse 1. I'm going to try and go fast. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. There's that word acceptable again. Acceptable. So we know we accept in the beloved when we, he, for God so loved the world. He loved us first. He loves us. We know. But there's some things that are acceptable in our service. Remember I said some are obedient out of necessity and some out of love. You need to get that. There's a lot of things I've done for the Lord out of necessity and not because I loved him. It's the truth. And I figured, oh, this. And then you see a lot of people, they have a problem with how some people always see their work for the Lord. But they never worried about how God sees it. So they're letting everything that people say to them hinder what God's doing in their life. But they're not thinking and not meditating upon that this work is for the Lord. It needs to be acceptable for Him. Amen? Shaka um, basokoto. Where was our verse 1? Acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Okay, beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Why? Because God destroyed the temple. He, he built it in three days. We the temple now. We are that city. You understand? We the, the kingdom of God is within us. He's, he's, thrown, he's enthroned on the, the tablet of our hearts. He's living and breathing in the inside of us. He doesn't dwell in buildings made of ha man's hands. That's why I get confused when people are so worried about the temple of God. That's not the temple of God that they're going to build because we're the temple. So if you say that's the temple of God, then oh, what are you trying to say about what Jesus did on the cross? And if you have a revelation, I'm willing to listen. But until then, that's not God's temple. You are His temple. The kingdom of God is inside of you. You understand? So once we seek the kingdom, a lot of us have that. So now these things need to start being added unto us. Not in the sweet by and by. Now. Because it's inside of you. So only a fool would look for something that's inside of them. You understand? So the kingdom of God is inside of us. We're a temple. Amen? A living sacrifice. Our bodies. Amen? Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There's a will of God over our lives. And Jesus said, my will, he said, my meat is to do the will of the Father. So he's basically saying what keeps me alive is to do his will. That's my energy. That's my very being. Understand? So he's the breath of life. He's the bread of life. Amen? So we get life from him. He fills us up with living water. Remember the woman at the well. So there's a thirst and there's a hunger that we get. And we can, we can quench that thing for a time in the world. But the things of this world can never quench it eternally. Only the things of God can. Only His manner. Only His word. And it's very important to have entrance. You see, a lot of us, 
we, we're busy dilly-daddling with the things of the world a lot. And we wonder why there's no breakthrough or why there's turmoil. Because the Bible said there will be enmity between you, your seed and his seed. Not enmity between you and Satan. Satan's seed. So you, then what did he say to the Pharisees? He said, you are of your father the devil. Why? Because his seed was in them. And his word had no entrance in them. So you're either one or the other. You can maybe be the seed from somebody in China or Malaysia or South Africa or United States of America. But the seed that counts that will determine your eternity is either in God or Satan. Amen. Powerful truth. We need to meditate upon that. What seed are we of? Amen. So... Be not conformed to this world. What do these two scriptures tell us? I think I wrote down a couple of things. We know number one, um, you're a vessel and you need to submit to the will of God. Number two, you can become acceptable. Number three, we have a service. So God has something in store for you to do. And whenever God moves, he uses man. He uses people. He wants to use you. We are like that. He conducts his power through us. He transcends his power through us. We are vessels. Treasures in earthen vessels. There's a treasure inside of you that needs to be pulled out. Amen. If he wants to save you from hunger, he sends Joseph. If he wants to save you from slavery, he sends Moses. If he wants you to cross the Jordan, he sends Joshua. God's sending you to people. God's sending you. You have a service. One of the things that I wrote down, I'll just tap into it now because it's getting late, is work. You know, it's like this is just a simple thing. In Africa, we have this problem where if you become a man of God, you, you have a license to be lazy. And then everybody that works all days of the week must now dive into your ministry. There was this one man of God, he was looking after a farmer's place. When the farmer got there, the pigs were eaten, the chickens were gone, the corn wasn't growing, and he has the cheek to tell us he's a man of God. But there's no fruit in his life. Everything gets devoured. He's not a man of God. It's almost like it's a vermin. It's like a plague has come upon this person's farm now, and you have the cheek to tell me you're a man of God. All you do is eat. <laughs> All you do is take. You can't produce anything. Do you think that... The, 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 that Philistine leader gave David a nice piece of land in Ziklag. No. The Jews were the enemies of the Philistines, so they probably thought, okay, I'll give you this piece of land. But then when the Amalekites came, they invaded Ziklag. Why? Because David made it prosperous. Stop complaining about your situation or, your, or the environment around you. Amen. Take what God's given you and work the system. Start to bring blessing into the land. Bring the blessing. Why can you do that? Because there's a power that's greater inside of you than any other power that comes up against you in the world. Amen. We've got to believe that. Amen? Um, uh, let me read some of these scriptures about, you know, I just phrased it, get a job. <laughs> uh, Proverbs 6 verse 10. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. Whew. 
Proverbs 21 verse 25. The desire of the slothful killeth him, for his hands refuse to labor. Thank you, Lord, for anointing the works of my hands. You know, that's what well, uh, Nehemiah prayed that prayer. Strengthen my hands, Lord. Look at them, how they're railing on us. How they're dissing us the whole time. How they're mocking your name. So, Lord, strengthen my hands to complete your will that I can build this wall. God needs to strengthen our hands sometimes. It's a prayer point. There's prayer points in the Bible. Uh, Moses, uh, uh, Abraham's servant who went to find Rebekah, he said, Lord, give me good success. He prayed a prayer because it was an impossible job. He had to now convince some girl to leave her hometown to marry a dude she doesn't know. That's crazy. Would you do that? Uh, tell the guy, yeah, to give your camels water and go that way, please. Don't come back. <laughs> Amen. Um, so sacrifice, back to that. You have a service, number four, you shouldn't conform to the world. There's so many churches that are trying to conform to the ways of the world. They think that if you have nice lights, God will move. If you have nice sounding instruments, those things are wonderful and they are blessing. But it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Yes. Not the equipment or how nice my suit looks. You understand? God says you have chosen the foolish things of this world. I heard one time this one man of God is telling me how that once we get the guitar to sound more rocky and more for this generation and then people will come in revival. No, that's not how revival comes, Baba. It's when we touch the heart of the Father in our worship. It's when we're worshiping in spirit and in truth. Not with good sounds. Not with good sounds. Amen. Man of God, I have a word for you. I saw you in worship. And the Lord said, prepare for strange things. Because he says strange things. And he said, say this to him. He said, Paul said, I went up by revelation, not by desire. There's a revelation. Revelation. God's giving you something. You're a mighty man of God. And he, he wants to work with you in strange ways. Strange ways. The man of God who told me that when this man came to him, started to show him things. This is a man of God. I've met him. I've watched him. He does what Daniel does in the Bible. So what changed about him is he can look at you and say, oh, you dreamt this and this is what the dream means. I've seen him do it three times. Different individuals. He looks at them and says, oh, you had this dream. And in the dream, this was happening. And then he'll explain to them what the dream means. Like Nebuchadnezzar commanded, he said, you tell me what I dreamt. And then they said, no, this thing is too impossible. There's people doing that today. God hasn't changed. He's still the same today. Amen. You're going to, I believe you're going to have an encounter with the Lord. And it's going to change you. There's going to be an anointing. There already is something over your life. A powerful, powerful anointing. Thank you, Jesus. I went up by revelation. Not by just mere or sheer desire. There's a, rev a revealing. God wants to reveal something to you. You see, we can have power, but it's the authority that helps us control the power. Then we can just speak the word. And Jesus knew that this centurion, he understands things. I don't need to go see, son. I can speak the word. Understand? I can maybe take the gun and shoot and whatever you, but if I have an authority, I can have a platoon and tell them to shoot for me. You understand? They do the work for me. You know, a child might have the power to pick up the shotgun and shoot it in kind of the same direction. But to aim and to be accurate and to reload and to hold it right and to deal with the recoil takes an authority. 
Lots of us have power, but we misuse the power. That's why there's sometimes a big mess. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Joseph, can you get ready to play something? Thank you, brother. Um, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The power of the mind. We can't be conformed to this world anymore. We can't look at what the world sees as success and say, oh, we apply that to the church. Because right now the devil's kingdom is getting more likes on Facebook than the church. So we might as well then, if that's how we measure success, then we might as well go say, well, the devil's more successful because he gets more likes on Facebook. It doesn't work like that. Amen. God's, you know how your, the best way your ministry will be advertised? Is power. Not just talk. In Africa we say talk is cheap. Understand? And that's one thing the Lord, because I, I broke my word twice recently. And I don't like doing that. Because it's not my portion. And it's not who I am. And God was telling me, remember to keep your word, Dylan. There's power in our word. There's power in holding fast to your confession. Don't break your word. Keep your word. Amen? Um, don't, don't now go and, and then say, oh, God told me this, God told me this. And then you, you, you bring this reputation upon yourself that the Lord sent you. And then because things got too hard, you leave. And then you can't understand why people don't want to listen to what you have to say. It's because I'm not going to go to a fruitless tree and expect, like, I want peaches. If I want apples, I'm going to go where the apples are growing. If you don't have fruit, you must work something out. Have that encounter with the Lord. Tap into his precepts and his concepts and the technology of the spirit. However it is, God gives us secrets. God wants to give you a secret that doesn't belong to anybody else. That's why people will come to you because you have a secret. You have something and an understanding and a revealing of his will and his power and his ability and the way he operates and his nature. We want the nature of Christ. People, a lot in the church, they always see glory as a little fuzz in the sky. But, they, you know, in the old days, they'd say, and the king stood up in his glory. What's the glory? The reputation and representation of who you are. So what glory do you carry? Is it his glory? Do you represent Christ on earth? We do. We do represent him. There is a glory in us. You often hear people say, I don't know why those people are so happy. It's because we're saved. <laughs> That's why we're happy. You know, because we're representing something that God has given us, a joy. You know? That's what, when Jesus came to Paul, when Paul had an encounter, he changed, Baba, from a murderer, now to somebody who's working for his previous enemies. That's an encounter. An encounter that was so powerful he couldn't even see afterwards. And then we just talk about it like we had Kentucky Fried Chicken with him. Like it's nothing. Like there's no reverence for the Lord anymore. Or His power. Amen? So, Jesus said to him, why do you persecute me? Say, so why do you persecute my people? Why do you per persecute me? Because we are Him on earth in a way. We're the representation of His kingdom. So the only way we can manifest His kingdom. He said, my kingdom is not of this world because if it was, we would fight. I didn't come here to destroy Caesar. I didn't come here to put myself on a throne and lead you. My scepter is a scepter of righteousness. Amen? 
I came here to destroy sin and the works of the devil. And that should be good enough for all of us. Because there's empires and kingdoms all over this world with different laws and precepts. It's about time we start learning the precepts of His empire, His kingdom, His dominion. And that's having a kingdom mindset. Amen? Um, there's so much. I put too much down. So I'm going to read 1 Timothy 6 verse 11. Be thou, O man of God, flee these things. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness, and then fight the good fight of faith. So if you were a civilian, you wouldn't have to fight. But unfortunately, you're not a civilian. God has called us to be soldiers and militants in the things of the Spirit. So we have to fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold unto eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. That's what I was talking about. The words of your mouth. If God sent you, be faithful to the calling. Many can claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful man who can find for me, that's like you can speak very well and you can have nice ways of speaking. Maybe people come to your prayer meeting and stuff. But if there's no faithfulness, I begin to wonder because me as a young man, I'm also struggling to be faithful. So now why should I not go and follow somebody that's not faithful themselves? So now I'm asking you to give me something you don't have. So as a young man of God, I also was telling people, don't let some people come and put this thing, I'm your spiritual father, and then you feel bondage there. Elijah didn't come and, and beg Elisha to, he said, leave me alone, what have I done to you? I just came to put the mantle over you. The young man, he decided that I will burn, I will make a sacrifice and feed the people the meat and follow him. You follow people that can change your life. You follow, you, you, some people, they just want to lead, but they don't even know how to follow. And then they become unjust leaders and legislators instead of examples. Amen. Somebody's phoning me. I should answer the phone and tell them I'm preaching. Here it is. This is the final one. Let's stand for this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for touching your people. Thank you, Lord, that you answer us, that you hear us, that you know our afflictions. He that is faithful in that which is Luke 16, verse 10. I'll read to verse 13. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And that he uh, that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you, your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? You know, it's very hard for us to really take things seriously that don't belong to us. Like if you see you borrow somebody your car and it comes back a mess, you know why it came back a mess? Because it didn't belong to them. If you can look after other people's things like it belongs to you and start caring about things, I think it's very important. And it's very important in all the things, whether you're looking after somebody's dog or their car or, or their garden, you take care of it like it's precious. Because God's people are precious. And if you've gained a brother, you've gained Christ. And if you've lost a brother, you've lost Christ. That's what Sadhu Sudar Singh used to say. I kind of stand on that and I like that because it keeps me in line. 
And it makes me remember that everybody's precious. Amen. Um, verse 13. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold the, uh, the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. What is the root of all evil? Mammon. We know we need money, Baba. But if you're serving God for money, then you've got a problem. You understand? The camel needs to first bow. The eye of the needle is not like it's impossible to be rich. The camel needs to go through a place in the wall, the way the merchants worked. So they would unload the camel and take this or whatever. And the camel would have to bend down and go in. And then when the camel gets into the city, then they repack it. So God's not saying just get rid of everything and become poor. He's saying, show me that you can give up the things that you love for me. Because he should be above everything in your life. Unfortunately, that's the case. And that's where we'll obtain power. Our love for the Lord. Do you love the Lord your God with all your heart? Let a man so account of us, 1 Corinthians 4 verse 1, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. A steward is somebody who sits in the place of a king. So if there's a regency council and the boy is too young to rule, they would call that person a steward or a regent. And they do things on behalf of the kingdom. Understand? So we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. Amen? An envoy, a messenger to represent his kingdom. So don't talk to me about kingdom mindset if you can't even operate the things of the kingdom. First understand what his kingdom is. Amen. And I'm still trying to get there. So I haven't arrived yet. I probably haven't even got on the bus. <laughs> Amen. So if there's anybody um, who wants to receive prayer or anything, we just this is the chance where we're going to try and activate it. I'm going to give you a chance to respond. Um, Rocky, do you want to help me pray for people? Thank you. Um, hey, love, do you want to worship a little bit? Thank you. I was watching, um, I was going through a hard time yesterday. Um, and then my wife just thought, I think you should watch Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> I said, God was talked to you. And I was like, I've watched Kung Fu Panda three times. I love cartoon rubbish. You know, it's funny and it's entertaining. But like, for some other reason, yesterday I was watching it. And then there's this turtle who's like the, the master who teaches them the ways. And basically, they chose this fat panda to be their deliverance. And there's these other five warriors that are trained all their lives to become the dragon warrior. And then they chose this fat, glutton panda. To, to be the solution to the problem. And then the sensei who was training them asked the master, he said, How could th this, this must be a mistake. He said, There's no mistake. And he, he told him one thing. He said, If you can only believe. So everything I told you now, everything the man of God preaches you, it means nothing if you don't believe. And the whole time this sensei was just trying to beat on the panda and, and, and discourage him and get him out of their sight so they could get the real dragon warrior. Then the master said, just believe. And I just started to cry. I just thought if some people would just believe, Lord, I'm talking to them the whole time. And they just won't believe the promises that God has for them. If you can just believe. And then straight after that, when they told him that, 
Tai Lung, the epic warrior, is coming to be to destroy them all. And then the panda's like scared. He's like, now's not a time to fear. He's like, oh, I'm a little bit scared. And he's the dragon warrior. And the first thing he does is run out of there. And the same guy who was trying so hard to get rid of him ended up running after him and stopping in his tracks because he believed. And he said, I don't know how I'm going to make you the dragon warrior, but I know you the one. I don't know how God's going to materialize those things in your life, but I know you the ones. I know that you are chosen for such a time as this. I don't know how God is going to rescue us out of our situation, how He's going to deal with our addictions, deal with the hate in our heart and the bitterness and the unforgiveness. But I do know one thing, that if we would just believe and just stand fast and fight the good fight of faith, that we would obtain that thing. If we could just maybe sometimes sit in our closets for a couple of days like A.A. Allen, and, and the Lord finally revealed himself to him. And if anybody knows A. Allen's ministry, it was crazy. He was one of the first on television, if not the first. He was one of the first to introduce drums like we've got today in the church. They said that was from the devil. They said TV was from the devil. And now we know that we've evangelized nations across the world through television. Bless those that are watching. And then he was one of the first to integrate blacks and whites into the church and into his tents in the south. And he took the brunt from the KKK and all the racists. But they used to have these, these meetings after their meetings where they'd pile up the crutches and they'd burn them and dance around them because God had been victorious in their lives. Because one man had decided to tap into the things of God. you that person too. Yes, God has called us for different things. But allow Him to energize you. Sometimes it's almost just like I don't have the hunger. I know I need to do this, Lord. I know I need to pray. I know I need to get on my knees. I know I need to close the door. There's a man of God in Africa and it works every time. People come to him with problems. He puts them in a room and tells them to pray. And he throws the key away until they, they can knock on the door and tell them, God spoke to me. He said, don't call me until God speaks to you. And if you don't want to do that, the door is there. You can use it. That's the mandate God gave me for my ministry. I don't have the answers to everything. So we made rooms available for you to go and pray. And I've heard lots of stories about how God revealed Himself. But we need His energy and His hunger. You know? We need that. And Rocky's right, I am passionate about the things of God. I want to see God move in a mighty way. I don't want people to just say, Oh, you healed, sister. But I haven't seen it materialize in her eye yet. When God works in His mighty power, my wife's eye will be healed. And we won't just be confessing it. The Bible says fame of him went all about through the land of Judea and Assyria. It was because he just told them to confess it, brother, and it will come to pass. It was more. There was a man in our midst that was moving in miracle signs and wonders. I was watching this thing in Brazil with this little girl. Like I came out of a healing ministry. I saw some fascinating things, but I never saw anything materialize. And still I'm asking the Lord, say, Lord, please don't let that be some fake edited thing. But the girls legs started wobbling like, it, like her leg was deformed on the left and the whole church was praying praying in tongues and if tongues is from the devil then I don't know how the devil healed that girl but I saw something that I'd never seen where the leg materialized the deformed leg materialized she didn't stand up and limp she stood up and she could stand for the first time in her life that's the power of God 
That's what God can do for us. Amen. So, let's. If there's anything, um, don't tell me what it is. We, me and Rocky are just going to pray by the Spirit. We, we don't need to know. God knows. We're just going to lay hands on you, and as we worship, we're going to trust that the Lord's going to touch our lives. Thank you to those that are watching. We bless you. We love you so much. And Father God, we pray that your power goes into that camera and through the airways, from nation to nation, from country to country, over the oceans, that you touch people because distance, time and space is not going to stop you. There is no time and there is no distance in the things of the spirits. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're touching people in TV land. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Those that pray in tongues, let's start to pray in tongues. Those that don't need anything, stand beside those that need something in faith. Let's pray. Those that need to go, we bless you, we love you. Shakabasoko. Yeah,